Warmly welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic View podcast, brought to you in association with Eden Mill. And as always, just thanks Eden Mill to their ongoing support of Celtic and also for the Celtic View podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by a man who scored the goal that won as part of the treble back in 2001. Of course, I'm talking about Tommy Johnson. Tommy, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Paul. No problem. I think when you text this morning or yesterday to do this interview we didn't realise how long ago it was and it's come round again so quickly it's making you feel old then that's, that's 19 years now I know dear me it's gone quick <laughs> or slow <laughs> I mean that that day obviously it's the, it's the anniversary of it uh, that, that day when you scored the goal against St Mirren it was Martin O'Neill's first season it, it was an incredible season winning the treble but to to play your part in the way you did scoring that the goal that won the title that, that must be a special memory for you yeah I think it's you know it's been well documented the injuries I had up there before uh, the gap come in and you know no one expected us to do what we've done uh, Rangers were flying to be fair gap come in and brought some top class quality players in and we all gelled and you know and it just we just kicked off from the start of the season uh, had a good rapport going, you know, winning games, and we just carried it on. And I think towards the end, when we did win it, it was just a case of when we were going to do it and how. Yeah. I mean, is that so important in football? You're talking about when Martin O'Neill comes in, and everybody remembers him standing in the steps of Celtic Park and saying he'll do everything he can to bring success. But on a daily basis, did you immediately sense that this was a, this was a special guy that you were going to be working with? Definitely, it was like when I signed with uh, when Tom Burns signed us. You know, that was just, it was the same sort of like kind of scenario. Two great men, you know, passionate about football, and uh, I think what helped the gaffer as well when he brought uh, Steve Walford and John Robertson in. And Terry was already there. I think Terry Jenner. So, you know, it was a uh, he brought people in who he trusted and who he'd worked with before. All different. Uh, personalities, you know, they were totally different, but they were just gelled and they, they brought the best out of the players. Yeah, and when you, I mean, you look at that dressing room, I mean, some of the, obviously the likes of Henrik and Lupo yourself, you were already there, but then, you know, he's bringing in the likes of Chris Sutton and, and guys like Stallion was already there as well, of course. It was, it, was a, it was a big dressing room, you know, Neil Lennon joined halfway through that first season, Alan Thompson as well, and I mean, you obviously must have had to work really hard every day to be proving yourself with that group of players. Definitely, you know, I think we run pre-season when it was announced and then Sutty came over, so obviously I'm thinking I'm not going to be playing as much as I possibly would have liked, which was the case. You know, unfortunately, I think Sutty got injured with his knee and then got suspended, I think, towards the end when we did win the league. But as you said, the gaffer knew, obviously had a look around the dressing room and just wanted to top it up with top class quality players and, and that's what he done you know and as I said we all gelled straight away you know obviously I'd been there a few years but the new lads who come in I played against most of them down in England so you, we know what you were going to get and it just enhanced the squad that we already had Yeah I mean you mentioned obviously when you joined it was, it was Tommy Burns God rest them it, it brought you to the club but you, I suppose your, your time at Celtic it's, it's an example of players having to stay positive because there was a lot of downs as well as ups in terms of the injuries that you talked about because you would have just wanted a run in the team. That was it, Paul, you know. It was, uh, I could have left a few on a few occasions, but I don't finish business. I think, you know, I wasn't blessed with the best skill in the world, but I think what I'd done was I worked and had a good attitude, you know, and, and 
having to score some goals now and again, you know, and uh, I think people forget now about all the injuries that I had, you know, and it was a tough time for a couple of years, but uh, it all turned out in the end. And, you know, you reflect now and you think, would you have changed anything? Obviously, the injuries, but in the end, it all worked out well, especially like scoring the goal and then winning the treble in that first season. So, uh we still get together a lot the lads, you know, we still keep in contact. And as I said, uh, most of the supporters are fine, you know, and just remember you for scoring the goal and not the, not the bad times that went on before it. Yeah, I think also because you're, you're, you're part of that team that, that won the treble under Martin, everybody remembers that so fondly and everybody played played their part that season. And, and I think that's why fans respond to you like that. Yeah, as I said, it just went, we were hard working, you know, and we did have some good footballers who would actually play the game, you know. As I said before, you know, we weren't expected to do anything when the gaffer came in, but we just started really well and kept it going, you know, and we were we were a very good team, yes. Yeah, and and obviously that goal, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic of, of us winning the title, the first touch. It almost looks as if it got away from me, but then I, I just gives you that I got to play it past the keeper. Well, if I remember rightly, I, I think I'd had two or three chances before it, uh, and you think, is this going to ever happen? You know, and obviously uh, Tomo went down the left and passed it to Henrik, and Henrik was so unselfish. You know, I think if it was me in that position, I would have shot. But uh, that was such a great player that he was, and uh, he just passed it to us. Yeah, it did roll under my foot, uh, and I was just fortunate. If I were to get on my right foot and then uh, crawl under the keeper and I think there was a couple of lads on the line but I managed to squeeze in at the far end. So to be perfectly honest, Paul, didn't care how it went in as long as it went in and uh, being a bit selfish, I think. I know we uh, were hanging on in the end but I didn't want anybody else to score. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite right, as long as we win the game. But you know the thing I see, the, I don't know if you remember the Olivia Incham scored the winner over in, in Lazio. And it was the last minute, and again he kind of the first touch almost took him away, and he kind of it was almost like Tommy Johnson esque, where he just gets that angle and then dinks it over the keeper, and, <laughs> and, and, and we win again. Oh God, and Benetta, I said as long as they go in, it doesn't matter. I think you know everyone keeps reminding, and it was a bad first touch, which it was, you know, I had every intention of just stopping it and then hitting with my left foot, but it wasn't the pay. But as I said, lucky enough, it just crawled in. Yeah, and do, do you remember at the time? When obviously when it gets into those last few minutes and you know you're just minutes away from winning the title and, and as a, is there a wee part of you thinking right I hope I'll, I've scored the winning goal even oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all selfish at heart and <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was just I think a few of my mates were up and they were saying they just didn't want anybody else to score listen if someone else had scored it wouldn't have problem the main thing was that we won the game yeah. you know I think we uh, on the Wednesday night would beat Dundee to set it up nicely for the Saturday and on Sky and all that and I think it was a 12 o'clock kickoff. all the families were there and friends and, all, and it was a sunny day so it was all just set up to to hopefully win the game which we did and to be perfectly honest Paul it didn't matter who scored as long as we won the game and got the job done in the SAP and set us, set us up for the cup final. Yeah, because you scored, you obviously scored in that Dundee game as well leading up to that. Yeah, that was a tight affair. I think I scored early doors and then uh, Dundee equalised and you're probably correct as if I'm wrong, but I think Big Johan scored with about 10 minutes to go, something like that, or in the last 10 minutes. I think it was even less than that, yeah, yeah. Was it less than that? Yeah, I just remember, yeah, they were drawn and you know, we were getting a bit anxious because we knew if we'd won, 
which set us up for the Saturday. I think the gaffer had come in at half time and give us a little bit. And then just before we are going out, he just said, listen, go and set yourselves up for the weekend because if you win tonight, you can go and win it on Saturday. And yeah. that's what we don't. You know, he had a great way about man management style was brilliant, which he, he, he had to listen. You knew what he was going to say, and as I said, he just had a great, great knack of making you feel absolutely fantastic, and that's what he did just before we went out for the second half against Sunday. Yeah, and I suppose I, I, I'm guessing every Celtic team, if you had, the, you obviously just want to win the title to get a chance to win a, a sellout Celtic Park crowd. As a player, that oh, must be great. Unbelievable, as well. you know. I think over sixty thousand there, you know, anticipating, and obviously we one had gone on before, you know, we had. As I said, everybody expected Rangers to kick on, but you know, I think if I do remember rightly, we were still on the pitch ages after the game. All the all family was down on the pitch, and you know, it was just such a relief, and we deserved it. You know, everyone, all the lads in that dressing room, not just the lads who played on the day, and the whole squad was was fantastic to be part of. Yeah. And I suppose, again, I mean, I've said already, but just the fact that other people, I mean, it's 19 years, I can still remember been there that day that we won and people will always remember because it is 1-0 they'll always be able to tell who scored the goal and that, that must be nice because you're, you're part of the history yeah as well, it's, yeah it's great as I said it's the best uh, the feeling I've had you know, when I was playing for Celtic, that was my best moment from playing up there and it, uh, it is nice you know I'll be part of the history and I know I scored the goal but yeah as I mentioned before it was the whole squad that season you know, we went on to win the treble, which was unbelievable. No one expected us to do that, and as you said, to be part of it, it was uh, fantastic. Yeah, and even before that, that cup final, we went to, to Ibrox and, and won three 0 and that must have been a great day as well to be, to be part of that team and, and part of that victory. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Any 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 game uh, against Rangers where you win is very very special, not just for the players but the staff and the and the fans as well, you know. And and we thoroughly deserved it that day, you know. I think we showed that day that we were the uh, the top team in that season, you know, and really deserved to win it. Yeah. And do you, do you ever look back? You know, when you obviously you the likes of Lupo and, and Henrik and these guys, you know, you get to train them and they today basis and you would have seen how how good they were just every single day we only got to see them for 90 minutes on a Saturday but you know you're, you're working with them every single day definitely I think you know when Hen and uh, Vim brought I think it was his first signing was Henrik and you've seen from day one what he was like you know a fantastic player could do a scored every type of goal you can imagine you know, it was just a pleasure to play with him in Lubo. You know, I think he was in his 30s when he come, when Joseph brought him in. Yeah. But I think Lubo himself would even say he doesn't know which foot it is. You know, he was left foot, he was right foot, he was chopping. His set-piece delivery was unbelievable. You just give him the ball and you just let him, you know, let him get on with it because you yeah. knew he produced something special. And there were flair players in our team, but, you know, there was much more to that. We were hard working. You know, he had the likes of like Lenny and Lambo in midfield. You know, at the back, big Johan. You know, it was solid as a rock. So, you know, we had a good mixture of people who could dig in and and players who could uh, produce a bit of craft. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously the guys still keep in touch, and you must be pleased. Obviously, when, when Neil came back last year, at a difficult time and really steadied the ship, got us the treble and. Has really moved the team on. So as a, as a friend of his, you must be delighted with, with how things are going. Oh, I'm delighted. You know, I think I spoke to him 
just after when he left left Tibbs and what he was going to do and all, he took a bit of time out and then I spoke to him. He says he says I think I'm going to be going back and I was delighted. You know, I think it was probably a masterstroke by Peter Lowell and the staff up there and the directors because. Neil knew the club, he knew the players, he obviously knew the fans and the expectations of the club and, and he, he just carried on what Brendan Rodgers had produced, you know, he didn't want to, he probably wanted to tinker things but not too much and just carried it on and uh, thankfully they won the league and, you know, he, last summer, and I know I speak to him all the time, he was he worked on stuff that he wanted to uh, implement into his team and I think he's done it and hopefully when... Uh, the coronavirus is all over and we get back to normal they can carry on with the season and and as I said hopefully get the, the hands on the trophy again yeah I mean obviously do you you know you follow Celtic from afar but when, when it's somebody you know obviously it's your friend that's managing the team is it just there's even a bit more investment because you're desperate for him to do well as well as the team yeah of course yeah you know we know Celtic's such a family club and once you're you're part of it it stays with you for life and it's even more so when you know the manager and you're good friends with him. You know, I speak to him, you know, probably every week, and and there's text messages and WhatsApp messages, you know, and uh, and you can't fault what he's doing. You know, I'm still good friends, like we say, with Scott Brown as well, and he's been fantastic over the years, you know. And as I said, he's implemented this system. He wants to play the uh, Lenny, and he's carried it on, and you know, and you can't argue the fact of being absolutely class since he's returned to the club. Yeah, I mean, you just you just mentioned Scott Brown there. He's obviously been over 500 appearances now for the club since he joined back in 2007. And it, just even him being there all this time, that must have helped Neil when, when he returned, having a player like Scott Brown on your side. Well, definitely. He's your captain. He trusts him. Scott will take care of the dressing room. And, and on top of it, he's still a fantastic player. I mean, have, have you, when did you first get to know Scott then? You... Just going up and playing in games, you know, and doing Celtic tours, going back and watching the games. Uh, I know he's good friends with Darren Jackson as well, so probably through that. And yeah, we just keep in touch now and again. I just keep, you'll text him now and again, keep going and get them through it and all that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think anybody you speak to realises what a great lad he is as well, on yeah. and off the pitch. But I suppose he's one of these guys, you know, he's already doing all his coaching badges. Yeah. And you can just tell he's his next step at some point when he eventually does hang up the boots is to, to, to become a coach and a manager. And as you, you mentioned about him leading by example, but he's going to take that into his management, isn't he? I would think so, yeah. Paul, I know he is doing his badges, you know, got a conversation about it, and he'll probably just do exact, exactly like what Lenny done, took his badges and what we've all done, you know, take our badges to enhance, you know, the stuff that we learned as a player and take it on into the future. And I'll probably no doubts whatsoever that Brownie will become a coach. That'll probably be his next step after he finishes playing and then see if he likes it and then it'll be a manager just probably replicate what Lenny's done. Yeah. In terms of yourself just now, Tommy, what you what you working on just now? I'm at Blackpool. I'm head of recruitment at Blackpool. I've been there since October. Uh, we've got a new got a new owner who's different class, uh, chief exec and they've restructured the whole scouting side of it and uh I think uh, all the fans are coming back to the game now after the Owen Oyston era. You know, they've got the the towns back and loving football again. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, we had a busy January, got 12 players in and 12 out. So at the minute, I'm just sat at home watching uh, players on the laptop at the minute, 24/7. Yeah. So 
Because that's get a, back into it. Because that's a key, you know, any club that that's a key role. Because there's a big responsibility to you to, to help the, the management and get the right, as you say, to get the right players in to to build the squad. Definitely, yeah. It's a huge. Uh, I think it's massive at all clubs now. Recruitment side, especially with the amount of money that's in the game, Paul. You know, it's it's, it's unbelievable. It's uh, it's not just obviously saying, "Oh, I like this player. He's got to fit into the way you play." You know, is he is he a good character? Is he going to be okay in the dressing room? Is he the right age? Will he have a resaleable value? There's so much goes into uh, uh, watching and recruiting players now. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I suppose that it, you mentioned obviously, you know, players take what they know from the game into coaching, but that's you're taking also what you learn playing into this side of the things as well of, of what you're looking for, how you can identify a player. Definitely, that, that must be quite enjoyable. Yeah, as well. it was good to get the old boots back on. It was good on how to look games to see what we need for next season as well so it worked both ways to be honest uh, it was good to get back onto the training pitch but then again I'm looking towards next season to, uh, to find out what areas we need to improve on yeah and as you say hopefully you know everybody stays safe and, and we get back to playing football before Phil well that's it first and foremost Paul everyone's got to stay healthy you know it's uh, it's tough for everyone at present uh, we know that you know people can't see the family and especially the the older generations of them. Uh, it's a bit difficult at the minute, but uh, we've just got to adhere to the guidelines and stay at home and make sure we look after ourselves and friends and family as well. And football will take care of itself. You know, the powers of they will make the decision, but I think everyone would agree it would be great if the football could get back to normal and then uh, finish the seasons, which hopefully that's what they'll do. Thompson and Larson. It opens up for him unselfishly to Tommy Johnson. Johnson gets the party going. Celtic have turned up for their date with destiny. Well, they took him a long time to get it in the net in, but relief all round here for the 60,000 crowd. Larson unselfish, could have released the shot himself. Terrible touch from Tommy Johnson. And he does well enough at the second attempt. And this is a game, well, it doesn't matter how it goes in this afternoon, as long as it goes in. And at last, some of the pressure is off Celtic. 